For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating, it is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, WFO, we are back on the air, finished up with New England, but not really, and getting ready for Bristol, a little two, four, one. Get a ticket to Thunder Valley Nationals, you get the New England Nationals eliminations, and you get the Thunder Valley Nationals. It is going to be great. You're all going to love it. I'm going to love it too. We got the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, in transit, driving from New England down to Bristol, and we are going to connect with him momentarily. And I know a lot of people are a little confused. Why are you confused? What's to be confused about? We're going to run eliminations during qualifying. And we're going to run out the ladder just like the ladder was created, except we're going to do it in Q2, 3, and 4, plus some. And we'll get into all of that. Hopefully, you're great. We ask you to share the show, of course. And I do want to tell you about the people who make it possible, as we do at the start of each show, like Bernie Speed Shop, baby. Josh Hart, Bernie Speed Shop, over 100,000 square feet of great, cool car culture. They've got exotics. They've got hot rods. They've got it all. They sell e-bikes there. Whatever you need, if you need a frame-off restoration or you want to sell yours on consignment, go to bernies.com. Check out Bernie Speed Shop. Total Seal Piston Rings. Hartford's back this weekend. We got a brand new episode of Hidden Horsepower up there waiting for you. Dan Tim, he says that pro stock is the epitome. Here's a guy who does engine building and everything, but he just like dreams of pro stock. Go to Hidden Horsepower wherever you get your podcasts. But really, it's an exercise to educate about the importance of Ring Seal and how Total Seal is on the radical edge of technology. TotalSeal.com. Phillips Connect. This is Justin Ashley and Jim Epler. And what are they doing? They're making things smarter and safer with smart trailer technology. You're going over the road. You got trucks out there. You're in the trucking business, transportation industry. You want to stay connected with all kinds of different connected sensors that are going to keep you safer, keep things on time, and be uh, as a, a way to keep you aware of what's going on with your trucks and trailers as they go down the road. Go to phillips-connect.com or email me, joe at wforadio.com for a personalized introduction. The folks at Foggit, F-O-G-G-I-T, they've got a great contingency program in uh, the Lucas Oil Series, the divisional racing. It protects the inside of your engine from corrosion and microscopic rust at the conclusion of racing. You put it away, it's in the trailer, and that's when it all begins. Condensation, water on the inside of your cylinders. You've worked so hard to protect them, to make them, to create them so that they seal up, and you don't want anything doing any damage, and that's what Foggit does. It it kind of pickles the inside of your cylinders. Go to Foggit.com to find out more information. Gary Stinnett, Steve Williams doing a great job. You're seeing this logo everywhere because everybody's using it, and even if you don't have a race car, you can definitely get one because it works on firearms as well. We told you about FTI Performance 
already. Later on in the show, we'll delve into a little Sam Tech. We'll delve into Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. And, of course, my buddy Marvin Rodak with the hot sauces and the spice rubs. But right now, it's time to bring out the voice of the NHRA. He joins us via Skype en route from the New England Nationals to Bristol Dragway, Alan Reinhardt. What's up, Alan? How are you? Hey, Joe, I'm good. Just uh, knocking down miles, headed down the highway. Yeah, that's a long drive. Like, what's the scheduled journey? Uh, it's 900 miles, um, give or take. So um, I got a little bit of a late start this morning and uh, ran into a little slowdown on the interstate. So I was hoping that I'd be someplace by now to stop for lunch and do the show. But since I'm running a little behind schedule, uh, hopefully we can just do it while I'm continuing to try to make up a little time here. I think it's great. And uh, we, we encourage you, you know, obviously using the hands free and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, make those miles, baby. Make those miles. We're going to talk. It's not like we got race results to talk about. We're going to kind of talk about how they rescheduled the race and what they will do in Bristol. But first, I wanted to mention something that is very important to me. I'm holding up to the audience. Today is D-Day. Operation Overlord, 160,000 men crossing the English Channel today, 79 years ago, and basically saved the earth from fascist rule. They had plans to, honestly, to dominate the entire planet. And if not for the great sacrifice of those young men, young men, 18 to 20 years old, loading into those uh, amphibious vehicles and showing up on the beaches of Normandy, what a different place the world would be. I highly doubt we would have NHRA camping world drag racing and the freedom of travel that you're enjoying right now had it gone the other way. 79 years ago, it's pretty amazing. I always like to, uh, to think about such things because I don't know. I think maybe not everybody is, and so I'm kind of forcing it on them. What about you? Yeah, I think that uh, you know the world definitely would look a little different uh, had not some of those some of those great moments in history taken place. I was reading this morning a quote from I think it was General Eisenhower when he said, and I'm going to blow the quote because you can find it. Something to the effect of, "We have no backup plan. We are here to win," and that was all, all there was to it. There was there was no uh, you know what if there was no something else or no, 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 this is what we're doing. We're going to carry it through and we're going to win. And, you know, you, you go into a situation with, you know, that much drive and that much confidence. And I think if you can instill that into everybody around you, then you're going to get the results that you're after. And that's what they did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just think about world history and there I'm sure have been many moments where the fork in the road, had it gone the other way, things would have been different or very different, but this is one that man, and I'm glad, uh, I'm glad people are taking a little time. I've seen a lot of traction out there on Twitter and social media, uh, et cetera. A lot of people weighing in uh, out there uh, saying, you know, just a little bummed about the weather. Boy, those New England fans, though, Alan. Are there more diehard fans in drag racing than the folks at New England? Paying their money, even though it was raining, misting off and on, sticking out to the bitter end. And from what I understand, you had quite a few of them out there on Monday. We came back out. Yeah, we did. We had a solid number. I mean, it you know certainly wasn't a packed house on Monday, but there were a number of uh, fans that came back out hoping for it. Um, you know, I, I've seen the same thing in Reading. You know, I think it's just the part of the country that they love their drag racing. They understand that weather kind of comes and goes, 
and they believe that NHRA is going to do everything in their power to get the show on, and they have enough trust in us that if we get a big enough window, we'll make it happen. So they're going to come out and make sure they don't miss it. Uh, unfortunately, we just never got that window. Um, you know, whether it was whether it was Sunday or, or yesterday, and there were there were probably three times yesterday where we were close enough that they were going to start warming up the cars and, and, you know, bringing them to the lanes in the next 20, 30 minutes or so. Um, there was two times certainly that all of the track specialists had come up and gotten their gear out and started making their assessments and making their readings because they are looking at and believing. And then just this stupid little shower would come across again. And, you know, a five minute rain or a seven minute rain would wipe out two and a half hours worth of work. And then as soon as it quit, the safety safari would go back out there and they'd jump on it again and, and get it close again. And it finally got to be whatever it was, two o'clock or so in the afternoon. And the same scenario, you know, the, and the number of times when everybody's like looking at the computers and looking at the phones and looking at the stuff and going, it's not raining. Like, yeah, look out the window. Um, and it just was a battle that wasn't going to be won. So a number of the, of the team owners and drivers came up to the tower, one thirty, two o'clock. Um, basically, we were speaking with Josh and, and Robbie, and you know what's the plan? And because you know, obviously, it's a long drive. They're, uh, I think the guys were telling me seventeen, sixteen, seventeen hours in a tractor trailer. Uh, you know, about twelve in a car, give or take. Um, but you know, you got to get packed up. You got to get torn down. You got to get on the road you got to get to bristol we got you know there, there just comes a time when you're running out of time and so the decision was made about two o'clock when you know we're the last time when man it looks like we're getting close it really looks like we're getting ready and then you look down towards the end of the racetrack and here it comes again and you can just see it raining in the shutdown area and making its way up the track and so that was uh that was when the official decision was made and i just hate it for the fans you know it's it's one thing you know, it's one thing if you're in St. Louis and, you know, Indianapolis is a couple hours away, right? You're in Charlotte. Bristol's a couple yeah. hours away. You know, you're there are other options and other races that a fan can go to. Uh, up there, you know, Reading is the next closest, and that is substantial number of hours away. I mean, six, I think. Um, you know, it's not like these fans can just go, well, that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll catch one next week. And, you know, that's another part of the problem with, being at this racetrack, you know, if it's a situation, uh, and again, just to use St. Louis for an example, since St. Louis is pretty centrally located, if it's a situation where, you know, next month, all of the rigs are going to be driving right through that part of the country anyway, let's back it up, let's reschedule it, let's find another weekend and let's make it work. But the reality is that New England is so far off of the beaten path. And, you know, where do we go from here? Well, Bristol, Norwalk, and then west, it's not like you can go, well, from Norwalk, let's sneak on over to New England and right. jump that one in before we go to Denver. Um, you know, just not possible. So I hate it for the fans. I hate it for the racetrack. Um, but the, the thing that really amazed me was the number of people yesterday when I made the announcement and when I was explaining, you know, you've been watching. You know, it's not a lack of effort. We've tried everything we can do. And, we've and you know, here it comes again. And... When I was thanking the fans, a number of them that were, you know, as you know, right below the window, you're, you're, it's a pretty intimate 
section, the number of fans <laughs> yes. that were out there, you know, giving me a nod or giving me a thumbs up or giving me a tip of the cap and, you know, acknowledging that they appreciated all of the effort that NHRA put in and that they understood. Um, you know, I just, I, they're great, great fans up in that part of the world. And I hate more than anything for them that they didn't get to see the event. Yeah, I agree. They were uh, they were awesome. They were diehard. But at the end of it, they were a little cold and a little wet. And uh, you know, Kev says, he goes, does the safety safari have access to jet dryers? Uh, Santa Pod has a jet dryer. And uh, first of all, I, it wasn't about getting the track dry. It was about every time we got the track dry, the track would get wet again. And we would have to go through the whole process over and over again. That was really the deal. But the NHRA has excellent track drying equipment that wasn't the challenge yeah there were there were at least two jet dryers that were there in new england uh, one of the things that a lot of times i think the fans don't see especially if you're watching on dot tv the racing surface because so much of it is concrete and the rest of it even if it's not concrete is sealed will dry fairly quickly the, you know the tenant machines the hand blowers and that kind of thing will dry it pretty quickly the shutdown area being so porous is much more difficult to dry. And when you get into a situation like that, the jet dryers concentrate in the shutdown area. We all know that's going to take longer to dry than the racetrack anyway. So even though you may not, watching on .TV, you may not see jet dryers circling around on the quarter mile, uh, there are jet dryers there. They're just using them where they're needed and where they're going to be more efficient, which is down in the shutdown area. Yeah, I see. So perfect example, right? And we got some people in the chat section, Mike, talking about, you know, the expense of a jet dryer. NHRA is not going to do that. It's just factually inaccurate. Like people have these thoughts in their heads that are just factually inaccurate. Uh, they work their butts off. Like the safety safari put in hours and hours and hours to get it back to square one and then ma nature would just missed on us again and we'd lose the track again and it was unfortunate it's really a miracle that we got to see what we saw on friday and saturday and got some level of entertainment in and of course the pits were active and people were walking around and if you ever wanted to meet your favorite driver and have a conversation a long prolonged conversation <laughs> this was the weekend and they seemed to the people i talked to they had fun they got the deal and, and, you know, I think even the, you know, most of the teams and most of the drivers, I think, tried to embrace that as well, because the number of times when I walked back there and whether it was a driver standing out by the ropes or whether it was a crew chief or a guy that was standing out there and, you know, a prolonged engaged conversation, which you normally don't have time to do. And then yesterday, and I know this happened a few times on Sunday as well, but yesterday, at one point when the little showers coming through and a number of fans were taking refuge in the, uh, the little pavilion, you know, directly behind the tower. Sure. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Where the yes program was. And yeah, exactly. And so for those who don't know, there is a little covered pavilion area there, uh, that when it's sprinkling like that, it's pretty full of fans because that's a place where you can go and not be in the rain. And at one point I watched Austin Brock with a handful of his handout cards walking in there and just, you know, Hey fans, appreciate you being here and signing autographs and chit chat and doing that. And I know a number of the other drivers were doing things like that as well. Um, because you know, they understand what the fans are going through and to tell you the truth, they're looking for something to do also, you know, I mean, you, you can only, you, you can only throw the cornhole bag so many times before you got, hey, we got to go do something. 
And so, you know, quite a few of them were, you know, grabbing their handout cards and going to where the fans were just to, uh, you know, mix and mingle and, uh, and have a little contact there. So I, I applaud all the drivers that took part in that. Okay, let's move forward because the loss for the New England fans, unfortunately, in this case, is a gain for the Bristol fans because they're getting like the closest to a BOGO that you're going to get in the NHRA. They're going to get two full national events in Top Fuel Funny Car and Pro Mod for the price of one. We're going to run the New England Nationals during qualifying of the Thunder Valley Nationals. Q1 on Friday will be Q1. Everybody just gets a shot at the track. They get to run Q1 for the Thunder Valley Nationals. But then Q2, second time out on Friday, will be round one of the New England Nationals. This is confusing to some people, but I can't figure out why. It seems pretty clear to me. Why don't you give us a run through of uh, how it's going to go? Because there is one run, the semifinals of the New England Nationals, that will not count for qualifying for the Thunder Valley Nationals. But it's going to be very interesting because if you shake the tires and you're still in the New England Nationals, you're going to you're going to pedal it. You're going to get down there as opposed to just clicking it off. So it's going to change the dynamic in qualifying. Well, I think you're going to see exactly what uh, the fans saw on Saturday when we ran the round of the Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge. That, you know, when on Saturday as cold as the racetrack was in new England, we did get one, uh, pro session in, but the track was so cold, the vast, vast majority of the cars were really having the trouble, uh, getting the power to the ground. And it wasn't, you know, it, it was just a matter of shake more than anything else. And so the number of cars that would either smoke the tires or shake the tires, shut off and idle down the racetrack was tremendous. But then we get into the too fast, too tasty challenge when we're racing for real. And all of a sudden we got to get there. You know, whether it was Ron Capps pedaling the thing 16 times to get it down there or Clay Milliken or whatever it was, um, you know, they knew this isn't just another qualifying run where we can shut off and who cares. We got a race and they went after it. So, you know, I think that that's what we're going to see when we get um, down to Bristol. If somebody shakes the tires, if somebody, you know, puffs the tires out in the middle, they're going to have to pedal it and get back after it. And the fact that Bristol had four scheduled qualifying sessions certainly helps because, as you said, everybody will have that first shot on Friday, which will be a qualifying run, but it will also be kind of a test and tune run for those cars that are in competition in Epping. And then once they get into the rest of it, it won't be any different than a Pet Boys call out or the old you know, Big Bud shootouts that we used to do where you're racing, but the run you put down is also going to count for qualifying. And that's just, uh, that's just the way it's going to be. So the extra round will come in in the middle of the day on Saturday, which again, just like the old big butt shootout days, or even again, the pet boys all-star call out, they run that round, which is strictly an elimination round and doesn't count for qualifying. And then final qualifying, we'll be able to run the finals of the Epping event, um, it's going to be a really, really full, it won't change much on Friday, but it's going to be a really full Saturday of activities in Bristol. And I just hope the weather gods are smiling on us down there. Yes. And and we're also going to run, as I understand it, for a fuel tech pro mod and the mission foods, too fast, too tasty finals. So 
it's almost like every session is consequential. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I really hope that the fans down there in Tennessee, Virginia, uh, the Tri-Cities area realize that if it's value for your ticket that you're looking for, this should be a sold out event. You're getting two for the price of one and uh, and then some. It's going to be a bonus. And I'm I'm super excited about that fact. Like we're going to be uh, hustling around every time the cars go down the racetrack. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot going on there. And for the sportsman cars uh, from Epping, what they opted to do is take that event and push it back into August. Uh, the I believe it's the third weekend in August, but you can check their website. They have a Lucas Oil regional event up there at New England Dragway. And what they're going to do is, in essence, turn that single event into a double. One event will be the New England Nationals. They'll be racing for national points in a big wally. And the other event will be their regular regional race that most of the Division One competitors are going to be going to anyway. And that decision was made simply because, again, most of the Division One competitors would be going to that event anyway. And that was a better way to try to make it up than anything else that I think was, you know, realistically on the agenda. Yeah, exactly. Stan says, uh, you know, will this debacle? All right, it's not a debacle, Stan. I can think of a lot of things that are much more, you know, debacle-like than getting rained out on Sunday. Friday and Saturday we got it in. But he goes, will it have any effect on Epping staying on the schedule? Uh, Didn't they barely survive last year? Uh, I have received no indication that – anything negative comes from that at all. Like we're thrilled to be there. The fans showed up in force and uh, they, you know, the NHRA credit policy for next year, right? You get a credit from your ticket and you can use it next year. You could use it on Monday, which that got rained out. So next year at the new England national. So no stand, I feel like things are good. And you, we were just there, Alan. Uh, It seemed very positive. Well, I don't know how you could blame that on Epic. I mean, you know, they, the racetrack didn't do anything wrong. They ended up with a really, really bad weather weekend. Somebody told me, and I couldn't tell you that this is gospel true, but somebody told me that the weather swing over Saturday afternoon, evening, was the largest in history, 47-degree temperature change in 10 hours. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. But you can't blame that on the racetrack. And no, I didn't I didn't hear any any discussion at all about you know, well, that's it for this place because, you know, I mean, how do you blame that on the track? It, it was kind of interesting, though. Yesterday at one point I was talking with a fan who was a little annoyed and, you know, he's been out there now for three days and really wanted to see some racing and still wasn't. And he's like, you know, I can't believe they're doing this. And I asked him very, I said, tell me what you would do. And he's like, well, you know, they, they need to do something. I said, oh, okay, tell me what you would do. You know, we have. 75 people out there with all the equipment we've got trying to dry the racetrack and then it rains again and while we're standing there talking it started raining again and so it was just interesting you know a 10 minute conversation with the guy and when he left he said i really appreciate you listening to me bitch about this and i said no i'm you know i'm i understand the frustration of the fans and i don't think the fans maybe always understand the frustration of the racers and the officials yeah because we want to run those cars down the racetrack every bit as much as you guys want to see them go down the racetrack. Sometimes there's just no feasible way to do it. 
Yeah, not me. I like to sit in the palatial media center at New England Dragway and just kick around uh, dumb ideas for five hours straight. That's what I prefer to do. You know, I, I like I get that people are emotional and they want to create a place for their negative emotion about a situation. But it's the weather, for gosh sakes. There's sometimes you just can't do anything about the situation. And that was one. You have to make lemonade out of lemons. Go meet John Force. Go have a conversation with Ron Caps. Ron Caps was down there hanging out with fans. There's always something to do at a drag race, even when it's raining. Uh, you know, they should do something. Like, you know, what are we going to do uh, in, in the rain? But like, like people moments ago didn't uh, think we had jet dryers either, right? Because they, you know, they were out there with a leaf blower. Um, it's just the way it is. People say things because they're emotional. They've got some energy. They want to release it. And so they put it out there. But hey, let's uh, let's move forward again in that Tony Schumacher going into the Legends of Thunder Valley Hall of Fame. And I think that is a fitting one. A couple of years after his dad, Tony, one of the, if not the greatest of all time, very fitting that he would go into the Legends of Thunder Valley. Well, you know, I think the greatest of all time in top fuel, if you just look statistically at it, uh, you, you know, there's there's nobody else you can really put in a conversation. If you want to start discussing eras, okay, that changes things. But no, I agree. You know, the, the amount of success that he's had in his career and a considerable amount of it coming at that racetrack and the fact that he joins his father up there in, in the legends, I think that uh, I think that's really cool. And I think, you know, I think the fact that they're doing it when Tony's not done yet, um, and wouldn't that be a heck of an incentive for that skag car to just bust out of the funk that they've been in so far in the early part of the season? Yeah, and I'm excited about that. Round one was our marquee matchup. Sean Langdon, Tony Schumacher, a two for one. The winner gets a buy run into the semis, which will then qualify them. Well, I guess it won't now. For the Mission Foods Too Fast, Too Tasty, it won't because then we'll already be in Bristol. We won't be able to do that. Um the Bristol Mission Foods Too Fast, Too Tasty will then transfer over to Norwalk. So a little bit of my talking point is uh, is erased. But yet and still, that's a big run. There's going to be big runs throughout. But yes, Tony Schumacher, so glad he's back with this long-term deal and uh, and able to run. Rush out here says that NHRA was sending emails throughout the weekend, very helpful about schedule changes. Uh, I, th I think they did a great job, all things considered uh let's talk about some of the actual action out there did we learn anything did we learn anything alan from that out there in new england we saw a lot of tire shake what we might have learned might come in handy later on this year as you said there were not a lot of notes for those conditions well i i hope what we learned didn't come in handy for anything later this year because i really don't want to do that again. yeah the cold uh, but you know yes every every time you start a nitro car and stage it there's something to be learned. Um, you know, now the number of times when you talk to a guy and it's like, you know, where, where did you look up notes for this? And they'll be like, well, you know, Reading in 2008 is the last time that they had something close to this. So that's what they go back to and try to learn from. Um, but it, you know, I, I just hope that we don't end up being in that situation again. We're, we went from a 137 degree racetrack on Saturday to a, about a 64 degree racetrack on Sunday or on from Friday to Saturday. And I talked to a number of crew chiefs that have told me that told me the differences they made to the cars were smaller than the differences they have made in the past, leaving Denver and going to Seattle. Wow. 
because the weather changed just that drastically. Um, for those that are like, you know, hardcore mechanical, um, 25 thousandths between compression height and head gasket and 5% off the blower from Friday to Saturday to compensate for what the weather did in that period was just ridiculous. So, um, you know, I mean, I guess you could learn, you learned, you took pretty big swings from it, but I, I think a lot of people are just going to try to forget, <laughs> erase the memory as much as you can. Uh, other than obviously Chad Green, who picked up his first number one qualifier and Antron Brown, who picked up his 50th number one qualifier. I don't think that, uh, I don't think those two are going to completely erase the, the uh, story. Yeah, well, exactly. And so uh, Jim Essex mentions Big Jim Dunn. Big Jim Dunn got down there. Uh, one of our listeners pulled a clip. Let's listen to a funny exchange with uh, Big Jim Dunn. If it comes up. Yeah, well, we got Big Jim Dunn down here showing, showing these guys how to get down a cold racetrack. How'd you do it? You pray a lot and cross your fingers and say bullshit. <laughs> You guys tried to get now me in trouble. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. Joe, Joe, we missed that. What do you say? <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Big Jim Dunn can say what he wants. I, they will, they'll get, get me out of here. They'll exit me right out of here. Pick, we gotta get, uh, I would be fired. I would be fired, Alan, if I said that. Fired immediately. But how great was that? <laughs> Big Jim, like, I don't know if he was ready for that or that came right off the top of his head, but a, a hysterical moment on the starting line. Yeah, it was funny. And, uh, you know, the fans just absolutely loved the fact that they got to see a car go to the finish line and at a time when so many of them weren't. And the funny car drivers seemed to be having, uh, you know, at least even tougher time than, than the top fuel cars or at least a couple of top fuel cars that went down on that uh, on that session on Saturday. But, you know, you, Jim's been around for so long and he's seen so much and he's done so much that, you know, I think that he just legitimately – don't care anymore. This is where I am. And this is, I'm 90, whatever years old. And this is the way I'm going to be and deal with it. And I love that about him. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, so fuel tech pro mod, we're going to run their eliminations as well. And their second day, their Thunder Valley nationals, but pro stock and pro stock motorcycle are back as well. And I'm excited about that. I understand that we did shorten the schedule for pro stock and bikes have always had a shortened schedule, but the vibe of the event is just very different when we do not have uh, pro stock and pro stock motorcycle. So I'm excited about those guys and girls coming back and you know, all the same storylines, they reemerge, right? You got uh, Dallas Glenn kind of dominating the season, but Hartford, Derek Kramer, two uh, racers having maybe their best year in a long time. The, What's going on with Elite Motorsports? Erica Enders, is she going to break out? I'm sure they went testing a lot. We're going we're gonna to learn how they used their off weekend by their performances out there at Thunder Valley. Yeah, and Thunder Valley is a little bit of a misnomer because there's a little bit of altitude at that racetrack. I mean, it's not you know Denver by any means, but it, uh, it also ain't Gainesville. So it's a little bit of an of a oddball when it comes to pro stock. Uh, so that'll have everybody, you know, obviously on their toes. But yeah, can the elite guys get caught back up with uh, with what the KB Titan guys have been doing right now? And you know, Hartford's got himself a really good car. Needs to close the deal. I mean, if he if he can't deal with the car he's driving now, then you know, it, he's he's doing something wrong. Um, and there's a number of other cars out there that are running that are running well also. But you know, it's it's just 
I don't care where the venue is, when you have Pro Stock Motorcycle, Pro Stock, Pro Mod, Funny Carter, Top Fuel, all at the event, it's a big event. And we've got everything in Bristol. And not, you know, that's not even counting the double up race that we're bringing in from Epping. So um, can't wait to get, of course, in, and then in the motorcycles, you know, how long can Gage Herrera keep, you know, keep his undefeated streak going? Yeah. Maybe we find out this weekend. Maybe we don't. Right. How long can he keep his undefeated streak going? And I think that's a great story. It might not, the story of Pro Stock Motorcycle 2023 might not be the wide open, even competition that we see in Funny Cars say, but we've got a story nonetheless. We got a pitcher pitching a perfect game so far, or at very least a no hitter. And how, how far can he take it? Right. Is how, how long before somebody beats them or they beat themselves? How will this end is an interesting story. Uh, Alan, any final thoughts? I know you're driving. I want to keep you safe out there on the roads, of course. And I want you to focus on getting to Bristol. Most importantly, um, anything you want to say to the audience out there before we let you go uh, focus? No, just, uh, you know, for those that were up in Epping and those in that neighborhood, are just I really hate that you guys didn't get to see the show that you expect to see when NHRA comes to town. I hate that we couldn't put that on for you. And it wasn't a lack of effort by any means. Uh, hopefully some of you can come down to Maple Grove again. I know it's you know, not exactly across the street, but that's the closest we're going to be back in the neighborhood. And uh, anybody that's down in the Bristol area, you want to see the show, man, come on out. Because Thunder Valley, spectacular venue. Uh, I don't know if anything's still available, but I can tell you this. If I am buying a ticket to go to Thunder Valley and there are still seats available in Bruton Suite, that's where I'm going because having the meals catered, having a place to get in out of the heat or cold or whatever ends up at the racetrack, having all of the VIP visits from the racers and people that they schedule to come up there. That's a pretty special experience that you can't really get at every racetrack. And if I'm going to Thunder Valley, I'm taking advantage of that. Everything about it is good. Absolutely. And for those that don't know, it's like in the tower. It's an entire floor. It's communal suite. It's beautiful. And you can buy your way in there. It's not like uh, for special VIPs. You can just buy a ticket in there. I sent a couple of my friends from the local community down here. Uh, the Mione family goes up there and they just popped up and, and they had tickets. And I was like, guys, uh, check this out. And they upgraded, and they had a blast. They ate, they drank, they had a good time, and uh, definitely one of the best tickets in all of drag racing. And, yes, I don't know. I'm hoping for a sellout, Alan. It might be tough, but when you offer all this entertainment, uh, two for one, BOGO at drag racing, uh, it could be a great thing. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show, Alan, and uh, safe travels. We'll see you in a few days. All right, Joe, I look forward to it. I hope that the fans show up, um, you know, for the last few years, this race has been on Father's Day. And some of the fan feedback has been, you know, it would be better if it wasn't. We do have other things on Father's Day. We have traditions on Father's Day we have. So the race has been moved. And I hope that all of those that said we wish it wasn't on Father's Day will come out and support. Because if they do, then I think we will fill the place up. And we'll still pay tribute to all the dads out there. Uh, it just won't be exactly on Father's Day. But we'll make it a big big deal. All right, Alan, great job. Appreciate you. Thanks, Joe. Take care. I'll see you in a few days. Safe travels. There he goes. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week right here on WFO Radio. Yes, Alan Reinhardt via Skype 
out there as he makes his way from New England to Bristol. And uh, great stuff. Really appreciate all you guys out there. Got good numbers today. Thank you for sharing the show. I'm going to give you a couple of comments, uh, my thoughts about some things that have gone down out there over the past week. And yeah, I'm a little a little uh, harsh on some of the folks out there. You know, they don't have a jet dryer. The NHRA has had jet dryers since like the 1980s circling around out there. Of course, they're just working on the top end of the racetrack. How do you think we got the track dry so many times over and over again? Earl Nichols out there. What's up, Earl? Ask Alan, who was representing WFO at Maple Grove. That's a good question. I don't know exactly what you mean. Uh, This guy saw Top Fuel. He's happy. Paul loves the show. Tracy, it's a great venue. Bristol is a great venue. It is one of the super tracks. It is probably the first of the most modern of facilities. And uh, you think of the Bird family, Jeff Bird. I was fortunate enough to meet him the first time I ever went there. Uh, I was with my XM buddies. I don't remember exactly the situation. I know Tommy Noodles was there with me and a couple others. And and I got to meet Jeff and um, the vision to build that place into what it is. It's spectacular. The sound, the acoustics, being right there by the uh, round track as well. Great stuff. But hey, while I got everyone's attention, you know, I know once Reinhardt drops off the line, all the diehard Reinhardt fans go uh, somewhere else. But Thursday, Ron Caps does his Q&A social media bit where he interviews someone. Reinhardt was on there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this time, I'm going to be the guest. And Thursday at 3.15 p.m., 3 o'clock-ish, let's say, at the Bristol Gardens and Grill Barbecue, located in Bristol, Virginia. Uh, Supposedly, great stuff. I've gotten incredible recommendations from this place. 285 Vance Street, Bristol, Virginia, 24201. This is Thursday. Anyone who comes out, you're all invited to come on out and enjoy the taping of uh, Ron Cap's Q&A. But you're responsible for your own meals, right? It's not like, you know, no one's getting, a, and everyone's got to pay for their own stuff, guys. But come on out and hang out and enjoy a little barbecue at uh, the folks at Bristol Gardens and Grill. And apparently the deal is they make all their own stuff, including fresh-grown produce and herbs that they grow right there on the site in a greenhouse. Pretty cool. It's been around since 2018. It's a modern barbecue joint, and uh, they happen to be open and will welcome us in on Thursday, 3 p.m. Ron Caps, big event, and I will be there as well. And I see, is he interviewing me? Am I interviewing him? Like, I don't know any of that, but I'm going to go there and enjoy it, enjoy some barbecue and have a fun time. Put your comments in the comment section, guys. Get your comments in the comments section, and I'm going to get to them momentarily. Like your thoughts on New England, some stuff that went down, of course, and all that will go down. If there was ever a race that deserves to be sold out, it's this one. Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821. Coffee, hot sauce, spice rub, barbecue grills, tools, tips, information. Go to rodakscoffeeandgrills.com or call them, 817-924-6821. Great stuff, and we'll be down there for the Stampede of Speed, where our big Patreon meetup is happening here in 2023. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, been pumping the Frank Hawley's uh, at Bandemir coming up in July. This is a big one. Are they already sold out? I don't know. I think you should give them a call. The Dragster Adventure on July 24th, 25th, and 26th of July, or two-day licensing course, 
but really your chance to go down Bandemir one final time. 866-480-7223. Call Frank Hawley. Tell him you heard about it on WFO Radio. And then, of course, there's Sam Tech, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. You know, I watch a lot of programming out there. I think about, we were talking about D-Day, Operation Overlord. Our country needs to be strong. And what makes a country strong? Well, there's a lot of things, uh, having industry, having good infrastructure, having people that are generally on the same page for what's important. But we need qualified, can-do, hands-on people, mechanics, and uh, in this case, machinists. Think of a world at war and the side that doesn't have people who can design, do, build, and make in a machine shop. Uh, that's the side that's going to lose. That's the side that's going to lose. And I know there are a lot of people out there that think we're never going to go down that road ever again. And I certainly hope you are right. But if you're a relatively young person, if you're a veteran, you've got your GI Bill, you can use it at Sam Tech. Learn to become a machinist, cylinder head programs, engine block programs, CNC programming programs, motorsport EFI tuning. They do it all at Sam Tech. Call Brian Massengill and tell him you heard about it on WFO Radio. Um, we had Veterans Day or we had Memorial Day, and now we have D-Day, and it's all should be a constant reminder of what is really important here in the United States, like Patreon. WFO Radio, terrible segue, but I did it anyway. Patreon.com slash WFO Radio if you want to support the show. They were all on there on our Ignition show and offering their opinions about such things during the recording session of Ignition. Hopefully you enjoyed that greatly. I also want to shout out to the folks at Racing Junk. If you're looking for parts and pieces, go to WFORadio.com and click on Classifieds. And you can go there like I need a lot of stuff for Project Pontiac. And I'm searching on racing junk and trying to find different things. So go check out, you know, I'm going to need a new delay box with a throttle stop timer. I'm going to need a bunch of different stuff as the project uh, continues on. And so go check out the friends at uh, racing junk. And maybe one day we'll get this car back on the racetrack. I haven't spoken with Gary in a while. I got to get updated to see what's going on. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say out there. We did a mini hear it from Heiner episode on ignition. You guys can go and listen and determine if you want the real deal behind the scenes. And you can do that by becoming a Patreon. And uh, got some photos from the weekend. Everybody was lighting me up about Keith Mayer's Alfa Romeo. So we went out and we did an attention in the pits. And it also won Best Engineered. Keith is a real character. He's an, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's an odd bird. But he's definitely his own bird. And he got this alpha. He stretched it out seven inches. He goes out there and he puts together a really nice super street car and won several awards, which is great. The crowd, diehard people. This is unfortunately like leaving the grandstands after rain started to come down. But that's packed. They're packed. And look, they're cold and they're wet. They were ready to watch Nitro. They were ready to go when we were ready to go. When my nature was ready to go, they were ready to go. Hats off to, I don't, I'm not wearing a hat. So Alan would be mad. Great tribute to all of the New England, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, drag racing fans. You guys are really something special. And for me personally, I never got so many first name hellos ever in my life. 
people that I know that I don't know and people that I haven't seen for a long time or maybe ever. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Like saying my name, saying hi, greeting, introducing themselves. Where do they know me from? How do they sit from NHRA.TV? Do they all have subscriptions? What's the deal? I don't know. But it was pretty amazing how kind and welcoming and funny and willing to talk. You know, those Northeasterners, they are willing to talk to strangers, right? Like the, you, you strike up a conversation. I'd see that less in other parts of the country. I don't know, really know why, but maybe people are a little more to themselves because they've got the space to do so. Whereas when you're up there in the Northeast, there's people all over you. They're everywhere. So you better know how to talk to them and become friends and be friendly. It was just a great experience. As normal, really cool cars all over the place. And this is maybe the Keith Mayers is a great example, but a lot of odd machines. There was a BMW that we were going to do an attention in the pits on. We just didn't get around to it. Don't worry. We're going to do it next year. We'll be back. But there was a, there's a thing where in the rest of the country, you maybe go get the car that you want and build it. Whereas in New England, you have the car that you have. And so you make it into a race car. And uh, we saw a lot of that. Also took a little time to see the sights up there. Jason Logan and I went to Maine and saw this uh, lighthouse point. Look, cool marina. A lot of good stuff happening up there in that part of the country. So next year, when we go back, of course, the weather is going to be much better. You should definitely go because there's so much great stuff. But honestly, if I don't see another lobster for about two months, I'm okay with that. I really am. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say. Um, here we go. Like just so many great comments. Keep them coming out there. Yeah, I'm super excited that we're doing the Mission Foods Too Fast, Too Tasty. Leah and Clay, uh, that's going to be good. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we got we got tons. Okay, so starting right here. No, man, I'm falling behind. Here we go. Nikki, Bristol is my favorite track. They have favorite Sunday morning festivities, parading drivers and trucks for fans, and uh, the donut eating contest that Jason Logan does. He was very discouraged that it's not happening on Father's Day, so we can't do the donut eating contest. But I said, what are you talking about? We can, we can have people eat donuts. You don't need a special holiday for that, right? Let's see. See you in Bristol. Good afternoon. Go get them, Joe. Brainerd also, diehard fans. Tracy Milliken. The Millikens love Bristol. Still, Tracy, still one of my greatest, maybe my greatest NHRA experience moment as a person who worked there. Uh, being there for Clay's first win, given the you know horrific tragedy that he experienced, everybody loving Clay. It's just a, a known thing. Everybody loves Clay. Clay's a good, stand-up, genuine, positive human being. Uh, to be served such a terrible situation and having dealt with it and going out there and getting his first win, I got to be on the stage, throwing out T-shirts, hyping the crowd as they came up the return road. And I just uh, I can still feel the energy of that moment. So pretty special. Uh, Stan wants to know what I thought of the Ferrari debacle in Spain. The same way I feel about all the Ferrari debacles, Stan. And there's a good way to use the word debacle. That is acceptable usage of the word debacle. Correct. Absolutely correct, sir. No, they're nightmare. Nightmare. Talk about it in depth on the Ignition Show. Go check out that. Millican Force, too tasty. Uh, race one, best in history. It was pretty wild. 
I would love to go back and check out the replay. I haven't seen it just yet. Uh, Rick, I could hear the thunder from California. Excellent. Bristol is a beautiful facility in a beautiful part of the country. It definitely is. I'll definitely be in Bristol. Listen, guys, everybody should go to Bristol. All right, I'm shilling for the NHRA and the thing that I like right now. You're getting two races for the price of one. You're getting two races, full event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Get out there and try your best to keep track of it. Also, you know there's always been a little discussion about qualifying, right? Like ways to spice up qualifying. And one of the things that people have talked about over the years is to change qualifying from quickest run out of the four runs to an average of the four runs. Now, I don't know that I necessarily agree or disagree with that, but what that would do is eliminate tire shake, shut off, coast to a 15-second run. It would incentivize people to get back on the throttle, to get back on the, which of course, inadvertently, you know, causes carnage, but it causes excitement. When people are on and off the throttle like they were in New England at the Mission Foods Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge, whether it be caps hitting the throttle 27 times, those people are going to remember that for the rest of their lives. No doubt they're going to remember it. That run is burned onto the brain of those however many fans that were in attendance. And so, unfortunately, they give it a shot, qualifying, they go out, they rattle the tires, they slow roll and coast down there and think about next time. We're not going to see that. Q2 on for the vehicles that are still in competition for the New England Nationals. It's a race. So the fans are going to get extra excitement. So hopefully everybody has got a good way to pitch their friends and brings a newbie out. Someone who has never been to a drag race. Go find a NASCAR fan. Drag them out there. And let's go Thunder Valley. It's going to be awesome. Earl, me, WFO Patreon shirt on TV. No way. Crew chief. Wayne Morris, top alcohol fuel entry, runner-up, first time out. Way to go, Earl. Way to go wearing your WFO shirt. That's what I like. Earl Nichols, not only is he a national event winning top alcohol racer, but he is a WFO Patreon. Thank you for that. I ran my car there in Bristol and is a great facility. Uh, I drove my car through there at the Christmas Light Spectacular which was pretty cool too. Unfortunate rain for Epping, but we had a great weekend at the Norwalk Divisional. Big crowd, lots of cars, hot but dry weather, too many track incidents though, overall awesome. I was getting some reports from there and what what I saw was a crowd. Like they were, the Bader family knows how to put butts in seats for divisional racing and good on them. Thank goodness for the Bader family. They do a great job of making the fans in the region realize that even divisional racing, the NHRA is an awesome experience and well worth the price of admission. Here's Scott. What's up, Scott? Hats off to all the New England fans. They should receive the never, the never rest award. They really should have. That would have been good. Give it to the fans for hanging tough. Maybe next year. Uh, Rick, God bless our veterans and our troops. God bless America. Guys, I know some of you don't want to hear that stuff as part of a racing show and the idea of Operation Overlord, D-Day, uh, all that stuff is very far from the minds of most people. But And it was 79 years ago, Joe. 79. Why are you bringing up old stuff, Joe? I know people tell me that all the time. Tell me that all the time. It's my choice to put it out there because I do think that it 
is the kind of thing that people need to be reminded of, that our grandfathers weren't at each other's throats about every little thing. You know, we were a country on the same page and we really need to be, even if we disagree about different issues and stuff, the day that our country is called to save the world again, are we going to be able to do it? And uh, I certainly believe the answer is yes, but it's something worth thinking about. You know, can you imagine if a large portion of the country said, nah, and, you know, everybody knows history knows that Pearl Harbor had a lot to do with that. And actually, prior to Pearl Harbor, a lot of the country was saying that. But to be fair, they didn't really know the extent of the craziness that was going on over there. And that's why, you know, when they play Band of Brothers, a marathon, and you get a chance to watch every episode, uh, you really should. Because it is a stark reminder of all of this. And I just uh, did that. So. Thanks for saying that, Scott. Yeah, you guys did great up there. Let's see. What's up, Chuck? The crews will earn their money this weekend. Yeah, turnarounds. They love it, though. I mean, you know, they love being in the fight. Crew guys, they are awesome. Without them, the, sh the show would not go on. Average of 75% would make uh, better race setups, too. On and off the throttle will lead uh, to more cleanup. Potentially. You know, you got to give something to get something, right? You want to see a car just lift off the throttle and idle on down. Maybe so. You get on and off the throttle. You run it out the back door to improve your state. Then you might have some carnage. It will be more expensive, too. There's definitely a balance. No free lunches. Uh, or they clean up less because they go down instead of one, for, uh, one of four moonshots. I don't know. That was the first event I've been to with zero cleanup time. Bravo, crew chiefs. Well, we didn't send a lot of cars down the racetrack, too. You know, the math of that, right? It's your show. Say what you want, says Monica. Thank you, Monica. A society that forgets the past is doomed to repeat it. Very true. Very true. The greatest generation. Yeah, can't say enough about them. Can't say enough about them. And that's why uh, we're losing those, those folks, the Greatest generation, the heroes, we're losing, you know, hundreds every day. 79 years since D-Day, and most were, let's call it, at least 18 years old and some younger. So they're up there. But, and soon they'll be gone. Soon they'll all be gone. What are we going to do? You know, and our kids, not that I have kids, but I got a little nephew. And whether he likes it or not, he's hearing about this stuff. He's hearing about it. This is not an accident. You being here like this is not an accident. It was paid for. And you can't just forget how it happened or why it happened or what the people who made it happen thought about it happening. You got to remember, well, no, now I've got everything that I want. And so everything that happened before me, forget it. A lot of people kind of have that attitude. Ones that I talk to. Let's see. When whoa, what is it? When will a worldwide FIA drag racing series? Uh, Australia, Bahrain, Hockenheim, Germany, Sweden. Okay, obviously Kev has seen that the PGA and the Live Golf Tournament have merged together to form a new super tournament series, which is all kind of coming together. Uh, as I don't know that that's viable. What I would love is for the NHRA to put at least eight cars on a couple of 
Connie Coletta's 747s and do a barnstorm through Europe and the Middle East, you know, somehow work it out. But the problem is that that's kind of when we're we're running. And so I don't know how it would work, but to go and showcase the actual stars of NHRA drag racing, can you imagine Steve Torrance versus Brittany Force down under? You know, Australia has got their winter nationals this weekend. Uh, I have been told it is the second largest drag racing event, you know, outside the United States of America, or maybe the largest outside of the United States of America. But yes, international fans, we love and appreciate you. Wait, didn't John go bowling for dollars? Yes, he did. He crossed the center line. Otherwise, he would have won that round. Instead, Tim Wilkerson advanced to the final round. If they golf, why can't we? If the golf can, why can't we? Well, I guess you'd have to talk to the Saudi Arabians and their, uh, you know, their fund. Because that kind of money makes things happen, right? Now, you know, the whole live tournament and the way it all worked. You know, I guess it's all in the past. IndyCar and Champ Car are merging. And what we know is that like those kind of civil wars within a sport are not healthy. And so now golf is going to become a for-profit industry. And there was a big uh, interview on CNBC earlier today, which they kind of laid it all out what they're going to do. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. 75% of the population of Saudi Arabia is under 35 years old was a stat that was quoted that was mentioned in the interview i was kind of stunned by that like that's a young country and you know who knows what their future holds and they are making it right now so they just enter into a big deal they merge with the pga and another uh tournament as well and so we'll see how that all turns out not really a lot you know what the fia and the nhra and all that should merge and we should have a worldwide series yeah if you can make it $500,000 to win top fuel at every event, you could do it. You know, like that's, it's all about, it's all about the money. And golfers are already getting paid. Like they're going to get paid more money, which is fine. Get what you can get. But my goodness, of all the sports, the golfers are killing it. Now they got to go out and earn it. They got to make the cut. But when you do it, you can finish last and like make 80 grand, something like that. Blake loved seeing Amanda this weekend. So did I. I saw Amanda for one-tenth of one second. Yes, they do. Why doesn't the NHRA and the IHRA compete against each other? Baseball has the World Series. Do you think, well, because one is not a viable thing anymore. The IHRA at one point was a nice AAA baseball to the NHRA where guys like Bobby Lagana and Terry McMillan and Clay Milliken and Terry Haddock, they all had success and were, were great. But that is not the case. IHRA doesn't run Nitro anymore. So those days uh, have long gone by. Now, the NHRA is the show, the big show. If you want to compete in drag racing, the highest level, against the best, for the biggest, in front of the most people, you run the NHRA. We'll be in Bristol. See you there, WFO.